my guest motto is that if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. <laughs> you hear that. Uh, and instinctively, you, you want to meet this person, maybe for cocktails, dinner, dance the night away, or, or, or just chat. Uh, Bill Bensley, he has a new book. It's called More Escapism. Chapters from, from what, what, what seems to be, at this distance, a decisively charmed life, the, the life of a man who, at, at a young age, chose adventure over convention. Uh, Bill is a designer... California-born, who took off to Southeast Asia the day after graduating from Harvard. We'll ask about this. 30 years later, uh, he now runs two studios, one in Bangkok, the other in Bali, and and has a design portfolio of of some of the region's most delightfully, amusingly extravagant hotels and resorts. There's even a palace in there somewhere, as there would be. Bill, welcome. (laughs) <laughs> what a great introduction. Well, that's, that's you, Bill. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that was terrific. T- tell us about the flight from Harvard. I- I'm intrigued by that. The flight from Harvard? Well, that was rather a fluke, right? Is that on graduation day, you got it exactly right. On graduation day, I asked my classmate, Lech Bunak, who is a, actually now a famous architect here in Thailand, where he was going. And he, he said, I'm going to Singapore. And I said, well, where the hell is that? <laughs> being American and not being very well acquainted with the world. And he said, it's under China. And I said, well, can I come? And then he said, sure. So a couple of months later, after traveling through Europe on $7.56 a day, I kept records. <laughs> I, I ended up on his doorstep. And the next day I got a job at Belt Collins. And the next week I was in Bali designing gardens for the Bali Hyatt. Were your countrymen named a guy called Michael White or Madi Wajaya? What a superb trajectory. I, I can't actually, though, think of any more useless piece of um, directional information than under China. <laughs> 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 However, it seems to have worked out okay. Escapism. Tell me about that. I mean, the perfect escapist retreat. What does that need to have? The perfect escape retreat. I well, what for me personally, I, I think it means uh, lots and lots of space. Um, so, for example, Shintamani Wild, I think, is perfect. The perfect escapism, where each tent has something like a you know, hundred meters of river and waterfalls. Uh, it's some place where you can scream delightfully and be in a bathtub outside <laughs> and not disturb anybody. <laughs> yes. When I was throwing this idea out in my mind, I, I, if I want to escape, I, yes, I want some sort of sense of, of privacy, of sanctuary, of, of natural intrusion in a way, and yet I want everything delivered to me, you know, <laughs> without effort. I, I want this sort of strange combination of, of luxury and removal from the mechanism of that luxury. It's an interesting deception. Absolutely. I think you got it just perfect. How do you create that? How do you create that? Well, you have to have to one, listen to your client and you have to be a storyteller. Uh, you have to work with the hotelier, the hotel operators and, and figure out what they want and put it all in the pot and cook it up. And three or four late, years later, something arrives. And after you've done it for 150 times, it becomes easier. Yeah, I bet. That idea of being a storyteller, 
how, how do you settle on, on what that story is? How do you work that out in a place? Well, gosh, that's a really good question. You know, it can vary so much from being something like something very simple, like Shintamani Wild, for example, what we just talked about. That is a project in which we bought something like thousand hectares of land and at an auction for a titanium mine in the middle of a Cambodian national forest. So I could have gone into that forest and, and dug it all up and, and made myself rich on titanium or supposedly rich on titanium and lumber, but not being of that ilk on this life anyways, I decided not to. Uh, and to to create this wonderful 15 tent property that protects and is the um, the policeman of the Southern National Cardamom Forest. We work with a company called Wildlife Alliance, which has 110 private army personnel, each of them carrying AK-47s that protect this wildlife in, in a private army, not with the government, protects this wildlife every single day. So that's one story. Hmm. Another story could be as silly as I find inspiration from a, a hat that I found in a in a Paris antique clothing shop. <laughs> That's a true story too. Where did that hat story lead? <laughs> How was that realized? I found a hat, which was a, a Vietnamese hat, uh, you know, the conical style farmer's hat, but it was covered in a pink and white polka dot. 1920s fabric. I'm intrigued. So the, the hat itself spoke to me immediately. And I rushed in and bought the hat and it be it became the driver for one entire hotel called Hotel de la Cupola, which is in Sapan, North Vietnam. And that, that hat was a really simple idea of how the tribes of Vietnam influenced the haute couture of France in the 1920s. So I built an entire hotel around that. So, so then as I walk into that hotel, I mean, paint this picture for me. What, what do I see? How does how do you, how do you make me feel that sense of of, of tribalism and haute couture? Well, uh, for example, that one hat is is flying through the air. I bought that hat plus another two hundred. Uh, over the reception desk, I have these hats being blown by a hidden fan. And they're flying through the, the lobby in, very, in a very delightful fashion. Haberdashery is blown to hell by way of a typhoon. That's, and then, then every single piece of furniture is, is something like a French piece of furniture, but covered with hill-tribe fabrics, for example. And every, every uh, chandelier, for example, might be a French in, in its form, but it's being decorated by way of silver Hill Tribe jewellery, for example, and that, that's one of 700 examples, and it's very colourful. So to go to that motto, if, if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing, I'm, I'm, getting a sen- <laughs> I'm getting a sense of how that operates in real life. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> What's the most absurd thing you've ever put into a design? Oh, gosh. Well, you know what? I'm going to let you in on a secret, and it's my my worst mistake ever, the worst okay. mistake ever is that when back in 1989, when I was first started my own company, I had a project in Singapore and it was a, it was a private, private club. And 
I put in the bottom of the swimming pool of that private club, the yellow submarine. And, <laughs> and, and it was, as you say, absolutely absurd. It was dangerous. It, it was the worst thing I'd ever done. It got ripped out a year later. And I learned my lesson. <laughs> no more yellow submarines. <laughs> no more yellow submarines. Yeah, we put a halt to that one. So this book, it, it details uh, 12 projects. Are, are there points of similarity here? Is there a, a narrative that's emerged in your work, do you think, a theme? Well, I, I for many years have said that I have no style whatsoever. Um, <laughs> in that if you were my client, you wouldn't want me... And I, I built a, a $50 million, $100 million uh, resort for you. You wouldn't want me to do something similar for the next client. Yep. So I try very hard not to repeat anything ever for the last 35 years. And while I like, while I like every, everything to be recycled, I'm a big proponent of recycling furniture and recycling everything, including I'm making an entire hotel now out of used train cars, train carriages. Um, so while, I, while I'm a proponent of, of things that are green, very much so, and conservation, I, I, I like to think that there's not a consistent thread in my projects. It must be exhausting. <laughs> You know, I've never worked a day in my life. <laughs> well, it's a wonderful thing to feel, having clearly worked so hard and so assiduously. There's, I mean, there's great theatre in what you create, and I suppose that's that's part of what we embark on as 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 tourists when we go to a place. We we want that sense of of revelation, that sense of theatre, that that sense of something above the ordinary. Well, I think so. I think that that. Theater is very much aligned with the designing of hotels. In fact, I think opening a hotel is very much like the opening of a Hollywood movie in that it has to be directed. But the moment that you open the front doors, it's like the opening night of a movie. You either make it or you break it. And yet there seems to be an assumption if you look at the, you know, the, the general run of, of hotel design that what people want is a certain... Uh, comforting sterility. <laughs> I love those words, comforting <laughs> sterility. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. You can't accuse my projects as being sterile. That's for sure. Why, why do why do other hotels, though, in the main, opt for that that sense of corporatized blandness? What's going on well, there? Um, what's going on there? I think that most hotel companies and directors, people that are making new hotels, they believe that. Um, beige on beige is a safe approach. Everybody's everybody's going to like it. But I take the I, the approach that that it's not safe. That um, if you build a hotel for everybody, i.e. beige on beige, you build it for no one. Because there's so many people and there's so many choices of hotels. I believe it's so important to build something that's that really says something, that makes a statement, whether it's about use train cars or, or conservation or about a Vietnamese hat. Um, you, you've got to say something, and it has to be a strong statement that stands out in the field of, how did you describe it? I, I couldn't begin to remember. 
Sterile sterility. Or One of those, yes. Yeah. So I'm wondering too, I mean, you, you, you create this extraordinariness. Let's, let's go back to the Vietnamese hats sailing in their typhoon above the reception desk. What's the lifespan of that? I mean, do you need to go back in, in 10 years and, and rethink that space or do those hats whirl forever? Well, that's a very good question in that I know I'm going, as a matter of fact, I'm going back there today. There's so many of our projects, especially with our best clients, we revisit you know, every year to act as the visual policeman. So I'll, I'll walk around there and troubleshoot because hmm. every general manager has after we open has problems things fall apart you know the you know the hats fly out of the fly out of the window the last day that i was up there in sapa where the flying hats are I, this is a true story a vietnamese lady pulled up in her car and she started to take the pillows off the sofas in the lobby and put them in the in the trunk of her car okay yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, wait a second, who are you and why are you doing this? And she screamed at me in Vietnamese. And then anyways, I got the bellboys to stop her. We took all the pillows out of her car and put them back where they were. And we sent her on her way. Yeah, you've got to go back to your, your babies. That's what I call them. And, and help, troubleshoot. This this is your second book, Escapism the First and, and More Escapism, the current volume. Is, is it important to document that work, to, to get that, that, that permanent record? Well, I think it is because I'm very proud of what we do. And if you don't if you don't document it, you know, it's it's lost to history and, and and as you know in the in the hotel business, most hotels have a life of maybe five years where they're they're new and sparkling and they're the place to go. So I think it's important to do something every every three or four or five years. That documents what you've done. And the and they're also the renovations that you've done. And in mm. that book, More Escapism, there's three projects there, which are four seasons projects that we started 25 years ago. But we're involved in it, like you say, every year. And we've done some beautiful renovations. So they're in the book as well. Bill, it's a treat to meet. Uh, well, I guess it's cocktail time now. We can we can slope off and amuse ourselves for the evening. A bit early for me. <laughs> okay. I thought you were extreme. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, thank you so much. Uh, Bill Bensley, he's author of More Escapism, Hotels, Resorts and Gardens. Uh, you'll find that book in, in shops and libraries. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.